1: What is up, Nets fans? Welcome to Brooklyn Buzz. I'm Nick Faye. With me as always, Jack Manuel and Jack. We saw the Nets fall to the Bucks in Game 6, 104-89. Series now tied 3-3. Game 7 will be in Brooklyn on Saturday. How are you feeling, Jack?
2: My Joe Harris' tandem is waning.
1: Yeah, tough game for Joe. Tough series for Joe. We'll jump into that and plenty more. You can find the Brooklyn Buzz on all streaming platforms. But Jack, where do we start?
2: Look, it was Kevin Durant and no one else tonight, Nick, because he did everything that he could, and obviously he couldn't produce the heroics that he did in Game 5, but he certainly put up the numbers that we expect from a guy like him, but uh, we didn't have a Jeff Green tonight, you know, I thought James Harden was admirable in his absence, but outside of, I guess, little bit of here, little bit of there, there wasn't enough, there wasn't anyone sort of co-signing, Kevin Durant and his greatness, and... against a team like the Milwaukee Bucks who plays well enough and looks, they don't deserve to be where they are given the, the Brooklyn Nets and their injuries and everything that's been happening with them. But they're doing enough to get the win and the Nets aren't playing well enough outside of our lone superstar.
1: Yeah, I mean, that's really it, Jack. The Nets are not producing enough offense. You know, 89 points. Like, we've seen them score, I think, 80 twice in the series now. And obviously, a lot of that is due to injuries. You know, with just James Harden and Kevin Durant alone, you feel like that offensive pop would be there. James Harden, you know, had some good moments in this game, but again, can't really run, can't put much pressure or explosion on that hamstring. So he's limited out there. You know, we talked about Joe Harris struggling, Landry Shamit struggling. You got a little production out of Blake Griffin, but he's not going to give you a ton at this point in his career. And you mentioned Jeff Green did. Didn't match that performance which you didn't anticipate it felt like in this one for jeff green i'm not giving him a pass you know i expect him to play a little bit better but it seemed like his foot was bothering him a little bit more saw him grimacing a little bit coming down from some high jumps on rebounds or whatever it was so just a lot of issues in Brooklyn right now, and they just desperately need someone to step up, not name Kevin Durant. That's really what it is. You know, we know what KD can produce. Like you said, 32 points, 15 of 30 from the field, two of eight from three, 11 rebounds, three assists, did have seven turnovers, some credit to the Bucs defense. Some of that was KD being a little bit sloppy, but, you know, it's it's not going to be enough. You know, KD could have probably dropped 50 in this game, and then that's probably would have lost because that's just how little of production they're getting from the rest of the team.
2: Yeah, James Harden was the next best scorer on one hamstring with 16 <laughs> points, and he had you know it's he insane. was he had 14 of those in the first half. It was five of seven from the field. Now he ended up five and nine. Hit a couple of free throws later on, three of six from three. It seemed to me that all those buckets were on Giannis, Mister AKA No Bag Giannis, Greek freak under the But look, you can't ask more from from James Harden because he yep. him playing is is something nothing short of miraculous. Jeff Green, similar. You know, it needs to be Joe Harris. It needs to be someone off the bench, a Landry Shaman or whatever. I'm going to give Landry someone of a pass just because of the the lack of rhythm that he's getting. Um, but, you know, it has to be him. It has to be Joe. One of those guys just hit a couple of threes for us. Give us a, a bit of rhythm because... Uh, look, the after the ridiculously stupid inept foul by Joe Harris now on Chris Middleton, the Bucks went on a fourteen oh run and the Nets yeah. lost by a fifteen nick. You know, they cut it down to five, you know, they went on all these little mini runs that the Bucs went on. The Nets were able to respond in some sort of way. But they just opened up with just low inept I low IQ, no basketball feel, dumb, dumb plays by, by Joe Harris and others.
1: Yeah, and Jack, it kind of gets to a point too is obviously Joe Harris with the dumb fouls and there was a lot of offensive rebounds that kind of allowed the the Bucks to prevent that big Nets run because like you said, in that specific play, um, it felt like the Nets were about to pop the top in the game. Joe Harris finally had hit a three and then the next possession he fouls Middleton on just a play that's stupid and it's just something he typically doesn't do. You know, occasionally he'll foul on the closeout, but he had his hand in the cookie basket for essentially no reason. He's not going to steal the basketball, something he's tried to do a little bit too much this series it's just like some of the smaller elements in this game they're not even you know executing in comparison to just the offense and like you said someone's gonna need to step up what kind of leads me to the chris middleton thing is like we talked about it in the preview with matt brooks we talked about it on different recaps middleton's the guy that you really need to slow down and he's been excellent in milwaukee and some of that is him hitting tough shots but some of that is just the nets giving him open shots like He's the one guy who can consistently knock down threes. And there was a back-to-back possession in the first half of this game where he got two wide-open threes. He finished the game with 38 points, 11 of 16 from the field, 5 of 8 from 3, 11 of 12 from the free-throw line. A lot of those were on three-point fouls, which you know maybe one or two were iffy, but for the most part, they were fouls. So it's just like the Nets gifted Chris Middleton 38 points. They did not make his life difficult in any way
2: yeah we talked about it Chris Middleton is the key to this series Drew Holiday despite his his round one performance has not been himself since that series Giannis no bag under the kumpo you know no bag ladies and gentlemen I'll put it out there no cut for the no bag um, he's been you know he's going to get his own because he's got big muscles but uh, <laughs> uh, look uh, other than that you know we talked about you know how early in the series you know the Nets made life tough for Chris Middleton he would be the key to the series you know he's their best shot maker down the clutch he's going to be the guy and you know he didn't nothing in game five of the sort, but you give guys an opportunity to get into rhythm. It's going to yep. allow them to get into rhythm. You know, Chris Middleton's better than Joe Harris. He's getting open shots. He's going to hit them. Um, you know, it's just, I think that the, the Nets didn't give themselves much of a chance tonight. You know, the, the Bucks didn't play great basketball either. The, the fact that the Nets were able to hang around for so long, despite not really getting in out of like first or second gear, you know, is it yeah. credit to them or a discredit to the Bucs? I don't know one or the other, but, yeah, it, it, it's just pretty simple, Nick. You know, for the Bucks, stop KD. For the Nets, stop Chris Middleton.
1: Yeah, I mean, it is pretty simple. Obviously, the Nets still need to produce more offense, but I think that's a big component. You know what I mean? And I think Chris Middleton, like we saw in some of the Nets wins, those double teams had frustrated him, forced him into some bad passes, kind of forced him into some tough isolations. But when he's going against smaller defenders and Joe Harris and Landry Shamet, he looks very comfortable. You know, maybe that means play Bruce Brown more. Maybe that means play Nick Claxton. I'm not really sure. But his life is just kind of too easy at this point. And you can't ask Kevin Durant really to defend him because you need Katie's rim protection so bad. And obviously he's one of the only players really tall enough to defend Brook Lopez in different aspects as well. So it's like the Nets really need two Kevin Durant's in this situation to deal with Chris Middleton. But again, just guys have to step up and be better and they have to try to disrupt him a little bit more. Why did
2: Bruce Brandon only play five
1: minutes? I would just guess that Steve Nash has kind of looked at it from an offensive perspective. I think it's just you're kind giving of,
2: Joe Harris 36 minutes. Look again, look, I'm, I'm this is going to be an, an unrecognizable Jack Manuel on this podcast, ladies and gentlemen, because I wasn't on the episode five podcast, um, with the game six, po- game five podcast, sorry. But Joe Harris is. I, I, I showed a level of enthusiasm and motivation and positivity in the morning, and then even another little pre-game, little rev up. But, you know, I need to remain a sense of objectivity about how poorly Joe Harris has been. And if you're giving 38 minutes and you're getting one of four from three from him and countless after countless defensive lapses where you've got Bruce Brown sitting there on the bench who is at the very least, a feisty dude, and it's going to get you some offensive boards, yeah. an area where the Nets wane tonight, and provide an area of physicality and get into Chris Middleton's grill and make things tough for him in a way that, you know, it's, I guess, similar to PJ Tucker in, in this series uh, before he's done on Kevin Durant. I, I don't understand that, Nick, and um, to me, it's it, it, make, it makes little to no sense.
1: Yeah, I feel like Steve Nash doubled down on Joe Harris tonight. He was like, you know what, I'm going to Double try. down, quadruple down, quintuple yeah, I guess down. All of the downs, mate. There's too many downs. He needs to be up on Bruce Brown. Yeah, I think it's just like he doesn't want to lose his confidence. He was hoping he bounced bounce back because I think we talked about it. The Nets desperately need him to be good because he has that offensive potential. But like you said, you know, if you go into game seven and Joe seems like he doesn't have it and he's making these mistakes – it just might, might make sense to play Bruce Brown and try to grind out the game and grit it out because that might be your best opportunity. I think Brown provides you at least, like you mentioned, some of the rebounding defensively. He's an upgrade. And then I think he's also a better screen setter. You know, obviously, Joe Harris is good in that aspect as well. But I think Bruce Brown, with the physicality of P.J. Tucker, you kind of need somebody with those broad shoulders that are going to kind of like create space or Kevin Durant. So... Definitely an aspect to consider. And that's what's really hurting the Nets right now is they're not getting much production from these three guards, be it Landry Shamit, Joe Harris, and Bruce Brown, because obviously in the previous games, he hasn't really performed super well either. So it's like if one of these guys can step up for game seven, you feel a lot better about the Nets' chances to win.
2: And there have been games this series where Bruce and KD have had a, a decent one-two yep. one, one, two sort of game. You know, Matt Brooks did a little bit of an analysis. Game three. Yeah, game three—a really good analysis of that. So, it's not to say that Bruce can't, and you know, if Bruce is shot, Bruce doesn't have a shot that he needs to fall to get some sense of rhythm. Landry Shamit needs that. Joe Harris needs that more than you know. I need you know love in my life. <laughs> it, it's, it's it's just it's uh, th- that's where I'm just like you. This is where the series where like you you look to a Terrence Mann type. You and Bruce Bruce Brown has been. Com- to, Terrence Mann has been compared to as the Bruce Brown of the yep. Clippers, and it's just I, I don't understand like you know I, the all offense you know when, when the Nets offense wasn't working, and it's not like Bruce Brown has no offensive back. You know he's decent decision maker in the short role. He's physical. He's gonna get you offensive boards and extra possessions. And you know if you're looking at the field goal tonight, Nick, you know it, there wasn't much of a difference. And Nets went 36 of 81. The Bucks went 37 of 82. It's just that the physicality of the the Milwaukee Bucks and the extra possessions on the boards. You know. 50, 15 offensive boards to nine, as well as shooting 28 free throws to 14. That's the difference in the game. And I think, you know, a lot of that was just dumb defensive plays from some of our players. Um, And obviously just a a lack of desire and a lack of team boxing out that we saw probably in earlier stages of this series.
1: Yep. And I think also from some of the other guys, you know, in James Harden, Kevin Durant, they looked a little bit fatigued in some of the rebounding aspect. But like you said, other guys need to step up. And That's really just what they're not getting. Like as good as any superstar can be, we've seen this a million times with guys across the league. Like you can only do so much as one player. Yeah. Kevin Durant had a God mode performance in game five, but even then Jeff green still put up 27. and was seven of eight from deep. Like if you're getting no other production, it's just extremely difficult to win. I mean, ideally the best thing that could probably happen to Brooklyn in game seven would be just a hot shooting start from three because there's numerous guys that can get hot and knock down shots. But Right now, that's their best avenue of offense against this Bucks team that is still, you know, talented. They haven't necessarily played up to their highest level, and they definitely have been coached to their highest level, but they still have a lot of good players in that team. And the Nets right now are obviously shorthanded missing Kyrie Irving, and like we mentioned, James Harden kind of a shell of himself right now, and other guys kind of banged up as well, including Jeff Green.
0: We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all
2: Yeah, it, someone's going to have to step up, Nick. You know, the, the occasional call for it. And look, I like what Blake has been providing in spurts. We yep. can't necessarily ask a vet minimum guy to sort of give us everything we need. Uh, not to hark on Joe Harris. You're getting paid $73 million, my dude, over the next four years. Hit yep. a goddamn shot, make a defensive play, or at least don't hurt us so much on the other end and provide yep. momentum for, Mil- for the Milwaukee Bucks when they need it and, and arrest it away from our team. He's hurting himself and he's hurting the team. Now, I don't want to pour it on him because I, I think that he's probably going to get that enough. He's gotten that enough in a lot of the group chats that I'm in as well. But I, I think it's time for a little bit of tough love. You know, it, it, we yep. sort of heard all the well, we, we he's getting all the minutes and it's just like, I think that in in a, in a sport that I follow, the AFL, so for all the Aussie listeners out here, it's about, you know, selection integrity. So, for me, in the basketball, to translate that, that's rotation integrity. Now, if you're getting minutes and not giving us anything, you're getting 36 minutes on a basket, on a plate for you, you've got to give us something out there. Even P.J. Tucker, when he's not hitting a shot for this entire series, is occasionally hitting a corner three, and is at least, you know, punching and poking Kevin around in the eye. So, like, do something, Joe, please. You know, I want to wear my shirt. I want to wear my Joe Harris shirt on the next pod and be proud to wear it.
1: Yeah, I mean, honestly, like you said, Jack, he's hurting the Nets in multiple aspects, and he's not the only reason they're losing games, but I think it just sticks out more because now he's higher on the totem pole, like we talked about. Kyrie out, Harden being injured. Now you look to Joe Harris to probably be your second or third best offensive player, and right now he's been your worst offensive player, which is terrible to say because, like you said, we love Joe Harris, and he's been excellent, and he's putting a ton of work to get to this spot. He's just... Not in it. I'm not really sure. I can't really describe it. I'm not him, but he's not playing up to expectations right now. And obviously it's really hurting the team considering how shorthanded they are. I mean, maybe you try to give Landry Shamit some confidence and start him in the next game and bench Joe Harris and make him have to earn it. But, or maybe it's kind of a situation where you play Joe a couple minutes, see if he knocks down his first three. If he doesn't, you pull him and just go from there because Like you said, you need to provide some type of energy and spark. And even when Shaman's not knocking down a shot, at least he gives you another ball handle on the floor. But I would say he's lesser defensively and a lesser rebounder as well. So it's like, honestly, I can't believe I'm saying this, but like maybe you even consider playing Mike James more um, just because like that's somebody else that could get hot. Like he'd be the type of random player that in a game seven that might just score 15 points and hit every single shot. Like he's just, he strikes me as that type of player that would have that type of game.
2: This is why you earn, I guess, the two seed, Nick. You know, you get game seven at home. You know, we we might get a Mike James performance for the ages, like we did in in game one. You know, random things will happen. Game seven, you know, this is where the the weird and wacky does happen. And, you know, weird and wacky means Joe Harris might start to hit his threes and look like Joe Harris again. Um, There would be no better time for it because. You know, a lot of people uh, are throwing plenty of stuff out there. The trade machines are heating up. But I, I think Game 7 is is an occasion that is made for the Brooklyn Nets right now. You've got Barclays Center. You're wearing your black home jerseys. This is the time to go, all right, now let's bring someone of our A game. Let's try and, you know, initiate some sets. Let's show... You know, it, it, integrity, let's show physicality. Yep. You know, obviously, you know, the athleticism and and and, and strength of, of Milwaukee is, is going to overwhelm you at times, but you can overwhelm that by a, a team cohesive effort. You know, Joe, if you aren't hitting your shots, box out like a goddamn madman. You know, he was boxing out Brook Lopez in previous games, yep. you know, when his shot wasn't falling. You know, this is probably the worst game of Joe Harris's career, despite the fact that the box score doesn't necessarily show that. You know, he hit a couple of shots here and there, but. I, I'm, I'm confident enough of the fact in, in Game 7 on, on the home floor that we'll get something out of a role player because it's when you do, Nick. It's always the home court and we'll also get a little bit of the home whistle as well because there were some calls yep. tonight that I'm just like, really? Like, Giannis is just going to elbow blokes in the face and just jump over them and catch his own shots and, and get calls yep. that go his way. Um, look, Uh, I've said this on the outlet Nick I'm hoping you're swaying my way now because uh, that dude uh, and his bag uh, it's smaller than my backpack (laughs)
1: <laughs> so I like that one Jack I mean yeah I think like the el- the elbows from Giannis are a little aggressive and at times he has to be punished in some way for that like the way he hit you know Jeff Green in the face like yeah he had the basketball but that doesn't give you a free pass to hit people and like you put out the tweet like just some of the stuff is just like running people over there were a couple of those block calls I felt like could have been offensive fouls maybe not charges but to a point he's literally taking a shoulder and going through someone's chest like it was it's not a-, a basketball play
2: There was only one I remember where Jeff was just clearly moving, and he moved into him. And I'm like, okay, I I get what you're going for there, Jeff, but a lot of other times you need to get the positioning first. So you're going to get charges on Giannis, I think more so as we've seen at home throughout this series. And look... uh, I don't want this to be a slander, a slander Joe Fest, and that's all I'm going to provide in my analysis. But I'm I might because he, <laughs> he he's easy enough to defend. I think Blake Griffin has done a, a, a quite a decent job at him because you know Blake Griffin isn't going to be you know Ben Simmons and or Matisse Steibel in that sort of respect. But he's done a decent enough job of it. You know Jeff Green is doing okay on him. You know Yana, he's is a little gonna, too oh, small. He is, and that's probably the one thing, you know, he's going to overwhelm you with, you know, the physicality and strength, you know, despite the fact that, you know, he can't move his feet, he can't shoot a jump shot, and he has no, like, less post-game than... Robin Lopez and Brooke Lopez, um, then I, I don't know what to say because yeah, I, I think just continue to make life tough for him. You know, maybe put James Harden on him. Just, just get in his head a little bit, uh yeah. look, that's obviously a, a pretty I dumb think thing.
1: one thing the Nets could do better for Giannis is like either let him go to work or double team him. Like there's there was too many possessions in this game where it's a lot of in between. Where it's like, okay, now I'm out of position for Chris Middleton to get an open three or am I gonna double team on Giannis. You know what I mean? You have to create some type of decision there and you're giving him too much time and you know, I'm not, I'm not going to sit here and like be disrespectful to be honest, but there's definitely questions about his decision making. I've already
2: done that enough, Nick. So yeah, you, you better not either. <laughs>
1: uh, I think there's questions about his decision making and you force, force him to make a quick play instead of allowing him to kind of sit there and read the defense in which most players are going to be able to do at a professional level, young or old experienced or not experienced. So the Nets need to do a better job. I think overall the aggression, the energy needs to be higher right from the start and that's something that hopefully will happen with the home fans and the home crowd and just kind of get that momentum going. And I think another issue that's kind of happening, this is kind of correlated so to the just James Harden. i back
2: off that with the, the yeah, Giannis yeah. thing. Um, in terms of making life tough for him, when the Nets hit their shots, it allows them to set their half-court defense. Yep. And that just makes things life so much easier. Whereas if Giannis is getting defensive rebounds, and he's a great rebounder, he's huge. He's massive. And he's turnovers. Like a- and and turnovers you allow Giannis to get into areas that he wants he's in transition he's going to use his pace he's got stride length that is absolutely incredible so it's about the nets hitting their shots and if not getting really set in their defense since set some sort of a wall or you got to get KD back you got to get Jeff back you got to get Blake back because if Giannis has a runway it's over. Like that's yep. one area of his game where he's going to exploit you. And if he's not going to get there, he's going to hit free throws. And or he, no, he's not going to hit free throws. He's going to get free throws. And despite the fact that we had uh, our loyal, faithful of Brooklyn Nets fans counting out loud, shout out to to those Brooklyn Nets fans out in Milwaukee. Hopefully, we get the the crowd nice and loud. And despite the fact that the NBA is, is uh, apparently the fun police and are not allowing us to play the the timer clock on him, I'm sure those fans will be nice and loud. And Mr. Whammy is going to be doing it uh, from Barclay Center himself. So. Yeah, I think the Nets need to just, those are a couple of adjustments that I think can also help them uh, in stopping the the Greek no-bag freak. (laughs)
1: Uh, I think just another thing on the Giannis thing uh, just like the free throw shooting thing it's just getting to a point where it's like excessively long and from a viewing perspective for the NBA like they have to consider how boring this is that we literally have to sit there for like 30 plus seconds for every time he gets a free throw and like I don't care if the Nets get the ball back but the refs need to just tell him like bro you need to hurry the hell up like this is just taking too long
2: Scott Foster did it a little bit in in game one but Scott Foster I mean I I don't have enough I don't have many nice things to say about Scott Foster but yeah, my kids, uh, the kids that I teach are quicker at fig- figuring out palindromic numbers from zero to 99 than Giannis is at hitting one free throw. Dribbles like six times. Like, my dude, take a lesson from Steph Curry, Kyrie Irving, Kevin Durant, couple of dribbles, bang. And it's just, it's idiotically insane right now. The the, the He's getting a leeway and it's just like, we've heard coaches say, we've heard Steve Jabby say these sort of things. It's like, you know, I'll give them like 12 or 13 seconds or whatever, it's just like, but that's not the rule. The rule is 10 yeah. seconds. It's like, all right, I'm going to give him like defensive, like six seconds. It's just like, what are you talking about?
1: Um, Look, I'm not I'd be secondary. petty if I was the Nets and say I wanted every single time, and like yeah. I would, I would make a real issue about it uh, going into Game Seven because the Nets are shorthanded. They need to be petty. That's kind of where they're at right now. And talking shorthanded, getting Chris back pulls to James, stop, Nick. That's all I'll
2: say. Chris, pull that shit up. If Yannis had an untucked jersey, Chris Paul would be talking his shit. James Harden, hopefully, he's learned a few things from his Houston Rockets. We know he doesn't like Yannis, and we know he abused him a couple of times today. You know, and he's loud and he's communicative. You no, know, get that, get that voice on, Mister Beard.
1: Yeah, I mean, just have the whole Nets team that's on the floor start counting out loud. That'd be be really funny. I don't think that's going to happen. But talking James Harden, I think one issue that's really hindering the Nets uh, offensively with him is that he obviously does not have that burst. And it's taking him a long time to get across half court. And it's taking him a long time to get into sets. And then by the time you're getting the ball to X, Y, or Z, mostly Kevin Durant, you're looking at seven seconds or less on the shot clock. And that's just putting the other team at an advantage because now... The clock is defending you, and also the Bucks' defense is defending you, and it's also a good chance you're going to have to force something up at the end. So it's just like that's an element where they need to fix. You know, maybe that's James Harden not bringing the ball up the floor. He can still run the offense, but maybe that's more Blake Griffin, Jeff Green, Joe Harris, whoever's out there, bring the ball up because that is really killing them, and they need to play with more pace.
2: Yeah, and, and it's a hard thing, it's a hard conundrum, I guess, because yep. you know James Harden with the ball in his hands is when he's at least able to display some of his prowess, even yep. if he has been limited to to a great extent. So, Nick, I just saw this stat as well, I guess, in relation to James Harden, as well as Kevin Rand. Now, fun fact, James Harden and KD are undefeated in Game Sevens when they don't play the Warriors. Well... Well, versus and the Bucks, so hopefully that's a, a good omen. But, yeah, I, I think in relation to, to Harden, I think there are things that can be done. And I think some of that has to be on, you know, James himself and being, all right, you're right, Blake, you, don't, you take this one up. You know, Bruce, you take this one up. And that's why, yeah. you know, I think Bruce is... Again, maybe i will just uh, changing my allegiances from, from JH to BB. Um, but yeah, for me, you know, Bruce Brent can provide a, a lot more while he's next to James as well. So um, it, it's just something, and Landry Shaman can bring the ball up too. So I think that there's a, a couple of little adjustments that you alluded to, Nick, that I think would be able to help this next team as well as help James too, even though he isn't, the best off-ball player in the world. But, you know, if he gets a little bit of his floater game going like he did tonight, um, a couple of those, look, I'll take 15 points from from James Harden on one hamstring any night of the week.
1: Yeah, especially in the shooting splits. You know what I mean? He was 5 of 9, 3 of 6 from 3, 3 of 5 from the free throw line Obviously, he could shoot better there. It's just, you know, it's just tough offensively right now, and that's kind of part of the grind. And like you said, it's just like different guys. And even playing Bruce Brown, it's like, is he in that, confident in that floater right now? We saw it get blocked by Brooke Lopez tonight. So it's just like finding whatever other guard on this team wants to play well. Like, you can have all the minutes in Game 7. Just step up and do your thing, you know? And it's like, the only other player that you'd have an option to play would be a guy like Nick Claxton, but he just doesn't provide you enough offense. So, And James Harden obviously can't run the pick and roll to the same extent than he can when he's healthy. So then you just kind of get limited in what you can do out there. So it's just like you said, a, condu- a conundrum a conundrum <laughs> for uh, Steve Nash right now to try to just figure out the balance, especially when the offensive players that are typically offensive pluses and Joe Harris and Landry Shamit are giving you negative performances. It's just, it's hard right now. It's just really hard. And this is where you desperately miss Kyrie Irving. You miss a healthy James Harden. And this is honestly where you miss Spencer Dinwiddie. This is where, if you had Spencer right now, I feel like the Nets would have won game six. I feel like they would easily win game seven. I just think they're missing that extra ball handler, that extra creator, that extra scoring option because you know Spencer's good for 20 and seven free throws.
2: Yeah, I, I think in, in saying that, th- this is what happens when you go all in on the superstars. And that's, yeah. the, you know, the, the cards you've I been mean, dealt I mean, to some
1: with. extent, I think some of it too is just extreme bad luck because the Nets have the three superstars and then they have the fringe star that also tore his ACL. So it's but, like, how much bad luck can you possibly get? No, no, no. The, the
2: Nets, as well as so many other teams, you know, it's, yeah. it's Milwaukee that have been probably the luckiest team throughout this entire season, Next, this yep. postseason. And, you know, luck comes down to, to winning a championship as yep. well. And Nets are going to need a little bit of it in Game 7 if they're going to get through this series. Nick, I got a Joe Harris quote from you from Matt Brooks. I want to hear your response. Oh, uh, they're okay. definitely a very... <laughs> All right, stay with me. I'm going I'll, to... I'll, I'll respond to it as well. They're definitely a very good defensive team. They've done a good job taking stuff away. At the end of the day, I go through worse stretches in the regular season. He ends with that this cold stress just be uh, was being at a big point in the year. Are you in favor of that, I guess, objective sort of holistic mentality, trying to sort of maintain a, a, a point of stasis about it? What do you think Joe's like needs to own up to it and go, all right, I've been shit and I'm going to step up? Or, or what are your thoughts, I guess, on, on that response from um, Mr. Harris?
1: I mean, to some extent, it's a fair response, you know, like he's had bad stretches during regular seasons is not hitting shots and he's not crediting the Bucks' defense, which I think he is to an extent saying they're a good defense, but he's also missing open looks. So, I mean, part of me is like, maybe that one shot will get him out of it. Or maybe he's trying to like subliminally talk to himself and be like, you know, this is just a slump and I'm going to get out of it. I'm Joe Harris. I hit these shots. This is what I do. I don't play this bad. So Maybe it's kind of trying to speak into existence type of thing, which you and I do a lot in the DM. So maybe uh, it'll work. I'm not really sure. I don't really have a ton to say because at the end of the day, it's not like most players are going to be extremely transparent in this situation.
2: No. And look, we heard Giannis sort of talk about, you know, the fact that Kevin Rand's the, the best player in the world and everyone was you know, jumping on his bandwagon and sort of jumping on his back. Sorry. And, and look, you, you know, you, you can take quite. Out- context or whatever ultimately you know words i guess are, are meaningless nick you know this yep. is basketball we wanted to just go out there and, and hit the goddamn shots don't care if you're in a slump you know if it's if you have a big game seven like you did in in in, in the boston series then all is forgiven maybe not all is forgiven but a lot is forgiven um, if
1: and joe you drops take 25 some- in game seven i think everyone will forget about the last four games because that's just how it goes like a, a, you can play like shit but when it really really matters at the end of the day which game seven matters obviously more than everything if he steps up i'll i'll gladly forget about all the bad stuff because he's the re- will be one of the reasons they win the game
2: yeah less than 21 percent over the last four games as i sort of alluded to earlier five or 24 so look it's it's a it's a big game for for Joe Harris. It's a big game for we know Kevin Durant's going to step up. You know he was also sort of saying you know that he could tell that Harden's limited offensively, but um, and limited his movement. Sorry, so I, I think that. The, the net, there's so much going against the nets right now that it should be the Milwaukee Bucks close things out, you know, everything is in their favor, attack Harden, uh, attack the the lack of physicality and room protection of the Brooklyn Nets, but uh, the nets have Kevin Durant, and they have a guy who's been the best shooter in the past couple of years, if he can actually prove that he is, and and show some semblance of form, and, and Nash actually plays a bit of Bruce Brown and gets those rotations right, and Jeff isn't too sore coming off the plantar fascia, then... You know, there's every chance that the Nets get this win, Nick. Um, I, I have no no prediction. You better not ask me, or else I'm going to just hang up right now because all I'm feeling right now is nerves. Nerves are plenty, and and I I just want, I'm, I'm K-day. Take us home, man. Take us home.
1: Yeah, I think that's for the Nets. I mean, you obviously want to start and play with the right energy. <clears throat> Excuse me, Steve Nash kind of talked about it being stagnant and just not like playing to that playoff basketball. Almost like the Nets were hey, you know, I'm ready for Game 7. Like, they kind of were taking this game as, like, a freebie to an extent. Um, and they, the Bucks obviously played with more energy, and they're just going to need to be better in the next one. So, I mean, I have faith that the Nets can win Game 7 because they have the best player in the series and the best player in basketball on Kevin Durant. It, but it really is about the other guys stepping up. Because as good as Kevin Durant could be, he could drop 70 points and they could still lose the game if no one else is going to play the way they need to play. And I think... Obviously, you can't control shooting to the highest extent. Obviously, you can get better looks. But defensively and rebounding, the energy just has to be higher. And I think the Bucs have like 20-plus fast break points. Unacceptable. You know, that's just something that can't happen in a playoff game. So all these little tiny things that you can correct could also just be enough to give you some of those small momentum swings that just throw the Bucks off. And I think, honestly, if the Nets were to start big and— game seven against the Bucks, I think they could put them to sleep but that's obviously going to be a big task because guys need to hit shots and they're just not hitting shots right now so give me the Nets in game seven I'm not going to be pessimistic you know like I said the Nets have KD I think guys will step up be it Jeff Green be it Blake Griffin one of these old vets I'm not really sure who it's going to be maybe it's Bruce Brown Landry Shaman Mike James somebody's going to step up but Jack even though you don't want to give us a prediction do you have any final thoughts for game seven? Yeah, look,
2: I think the offense obviously needs to improve. They've got only 14 assists for both teams tonight, whereas Kevin Durant almost had that by himself in yep. in Game 5. So I think then there needs to be a better rhythm. Now, obviously, a lot of that is just hitting shots, and maybe the Nets had probably 22, 25 potential assists if Joe hits a couple of his shots, Landry Shaman, and Jeff Green hits a couple of his threes or whatever. But, look, I'll give you a prediction. Nets are winning in Game 7. Kevin Durant's going to drop another historic performance. Uh, I'll speak it into existence. I'll take on some of your optimism, Nick, because uh, I need it right now.
1: I love it Jack that's what I love to hear you heard it you heard it here first Brooklyn Nets will win game 7 Jack always a pleasure big thanks everybody for listening and check the buzz on all stream platforms